Welcome to the We Are VIP podcast. Each week, your host, Casey Haston, Director of Recruiting at VIP, will bring you valuable insights from thought leaders, introduce you to incredible companies, and bring you tips for landing your dream job from our team of executive recruiters at VIP. And now, Casey Haston. Welcome to the We Are VIP podcast, a podcast devoted to adding value to your candidate or career search, brought to you by VIP. I'm your host, Casey Haston. I'm an executive recruiter, director of recruiting with VIP, and your all-around hiring guru. As usual, I have brought another fantastic guest to you today to help you um, along with that search and to give you some tips and tricks along the way. So today on the show, I'd like to welcome Jeff Crilly, CEO of Real News Public Relations, author of Free Publicity, and former Emmy Award-winning reporter. Jeff founded Real News PR in 2008 with a mission to deliver... Oop, lost my place. (laughs) (laughs) This is real. With a mission to deliver publicity at the speed of news. The firm is staffed exclusively with former award-winning journalists as well. Um, And Real Real News PR is also the home of the studio in which we have been filming for the last... 14, 15 episodes. So welcome, Jeff. Hey, I'm thrilled to be here. This is wonderful. And I love your show. It's loose. It's interactive. You do a great job. Well, thank you so much. And I was really excited. I'm, I'm, I'm real big about, um, I learned this phrase at a conference called Get Your Ask in Gear. Ooh, I like that. Isn't that good? Make sure you pronounce that right. I know, right? <laughs> I have to like really hit that cut pretty hard there. But, you know, I've really gotten to the point now, especially with this podcast, where you, you have to ask people. You have to ask for them to come share their wisdom and their knowledge with our guests. So Absolutely. I really, and who better than, how long were you on Fox 4? Uh, so I was on Fox 4 for 15 years and before that other markets for 10. So total of 25 years in, in the TV business. That is yeah. crazy. You yeah. were the face. Well, thanks. I, <laughs> so you do you remember that? Were you watching back then? Um, do, you, do you remember me? At, at I don't Fox remember you. Because you were a little girl. She I was, was not like, She was a little girl. <laughs> I came to visit her in her elementary school for career day. No, but I didn't move to the Dallas area until later. Okay. So okay. I may have probably missed you. Okay. So. That's probably what happened. Yeah. So you've mentioned before that even though you've spoke to 200,000 people on camera on the news, that you had a huge fear of public speaking. I really did. So TV news doesn't teach you how to speak to a live audience. Like what we're doing right now, mm-hmm. looking into a camera, didn't, didn't teach me anything about talking to a live audience. And so I had to completely learn a new uh, skill. And that came, you know, trial and error. I, you, I, you just had to get out there in front of a live audience and try it. And I remember some speeches that bombed. I, you know, I, it sounded good when I was practicing in the mirror, and then you, you, you know, how, do, how does it play in Peoria? You take it out on the, on the street and you try a joke, and the joke doesn't work. And I always uh, say that, you know, Jerry Seinfeld had to do two comedy clubs a night for a decade before he was ready for Johnny Carson and and later his own TV show, but he was practicing. And even today, it's interesting that um, when, when, he, um, when Seinfeld has a new routine, he will play a little teeny comedy club. 
just because he wants to get the timing down, he wants to see if the jokes work, because when you're practicing at home, you really don't know how it plays in front of a live audience. That is fantastic. So what did you do? What are some things you did along the way to get over that fear of speaking in public? And, to, and what can you share with our listeners to help them get over that fear? I think part of it was, uh, well, you should first know that the number one fear in America is fear of public speaking. Yep. Number two fear is dying. Right. And if you die on stage, you've accomplished both, which I've done many times. <laughs> but I think to get over the fear of speaking, it's kind of like jumping in the pool. You just got to jump in. You got to do it. And, um, and, and then, you know, you say something and people laugh and suddenly you've got confidence. You're like, wow, I, that was I'm funny. I really connected with people. And so I think it was the, the getting out there and, and, and getting affirmation from the crowd that makes you have the confidence to say, you know what, I can do this. I didn't die. I got through it. And I'm going to get better. So let's think about this from our candidates point of view. Okay. Mm -hmm. And I get this a lot and I have to coach a lot on this. And I know you're the world's best coach when it comes to stuff like Thank this. You. Um, I'm a candidate, mm -hmm. and I'm going in for an interview, and I am scared to death. Yes. Now, I'm probably not going to want to go out and speak at a lot of public functions for that. What would you um, say to them that they could do to help get over that fear? So for me, when I'm advising a job candidate, I tell them um, it's not about you. Um, everybody who goes into a job interview mm -hmm. thinks that they have to impress the, you know, the the person who's interviewing yeah. them with how wonderful they are. And that's, to, to me, I think it's, it's simple, you know, what makes people attracted to other people? It's that you're interested in their favorite subject, which is them. So I would always say to a job candidate, um, take the pressure off of yourself and say to yourself, can I charm this person? Can I connect with this person on a heart level so that um, I'm checking a number of boxes? And those boxes are, is this person pleasant? They do their homework. They seem nice. They seem like somebody I wouldn't mind seeing every day in the office. And then the last box is, are they qualified to do the job? But you want them to check all those other boxes first. And so the, the, the wisdom is um, do your homework. Find out who they are. Find out what, you know, where did they work before they came to the company. Mm -hmm. um, find out everything you can about the company. And then when you come in for that job interview, the first words out of your mouth shouldn't be, you know, I graduated valedictorian, it's not about you. You say, you know, before we get into the interview, can I just first say I was on your Facebook page and I was blown yep. away by that trip in Wyoming. What was that like? I've always wanted to go to Wyoming. And now there's a connection and does that make sense? It makes absolute sense. And another thing that I will tell candidates to do when you walk in, pay attention. Look at the pictures on the wall. See what's important to them. Who's their favorite sports team or whatever. And then try Absolutely. to make a connection in that way as well before you just dig into the meat of the interviews. That's so great That's advice. good stuff. Um, so as an entrepreneur, I am sure that you've sought the advice from many during your transition from journalist to CEO, which that's a Thank tough you. job. What was some of the most compelling advice you were given? Uh, a wise woman told me, jump off the cliff and build your wings as you fall. And what that means is too many entrepreneurs overthink it. Mm -hmm. they, they don't have to have the five-year plan or the 10-year plan or the 50-year plan. Um, you've got a plan to do something. And the, the key is make small, inexpensive mistakes. Every entrepreneur is going to make mistakes. But don't make fatal mistakes. And so one of the things I did wisely in the first few years was I did not have a physical office. Real News PR was a virtual company. 
I had a laptop, a cell phone, I worked out of my home. I was conserving cash. I wasn't you know, splurging on the big fancy office that mm -hmm. could have put me in debt. I um, conserved cash until I could really afford you know, the overhead. And so if you're an entrepreneur and you're thinking about getting out there, you might want to just have it as your side hustle for a little while. You're still getting the check every week or every two weeks from yeah. your main employer, but you're trying out this side hustle um, on nights and weekends when you're not working and you're building a business where it's, you know, does it work? How does it play in Peoria? Does, uh, do people like this? Are people hiring me? You're, you can learn a lot yeah. of stuff while still at your main job. So I'm curious, when you first started, did you start with the idea to do podcast studios? No idea. No idea. That, that, was, that was an afterthought, and now it's become you know kind of the glittery, shiny thing that draws clients to our company. Yeah. But in year one, I only saw one thing. I am going to. <laughs> it's like McDonald's. If you looked at their early menu, it wasn't all the things that you see today. They might have had ten items. Mm -hmm. You know, shakes and fries and hamburgers. Um, so I didn't see the podcast division. All I saw was. I'm going to get you on the news. You're going to come to me, and you want to get on Channel 4, you want to get on Fox and Friends, I'm going to call up those news outlets and get you on. And the podcast division is actually a, a very young division. It's only been around for three years, but now it's in hypergrowth. Uh, about a year and a half ago, we were doing five shows. Now we're doing something like 73 different shows a month uh, for a total of something like 200 episodes. I mean, it's a, it's a crazy amount of, uh, of volume. Yeah, and I'm just, you know, of course, I did, the very first podcast I ever did was with Jerry Acuff here. Yes. And I was just hooked because, I mean, it was just so much fun, and it's just so professional. And, you know, Thank when you. I pitched the idea to my company to do a podcast, to give this value back to you, the candidate and the client, um, I was like, but if we do it, we're only doing it one place. We have to do it at Real News PR because I want it to look good. I want it to be Thank you. professionally done. And you guys have not disappointed every step thank of the you. way. It's been so amazing. So you're, you're, thank you. You're very kind. And, well, and, I'm not and, kind. And you thank, <laughs> thank you for your dedication to having an excellent product. I've had a chance to watch a number of your episodes, and you're always you know, giving great information to the job candidate and um, great value to, to uh, your, your viewers. Well, thank you for that. We try. We try. And it's not just me. It's the whole team behind me, too. So um, so you're, you and your team have grown the Real News uh, PR business from 10 clients in your first year to more than 100 now. Yes. What were some of the turning points that helped you make your business successful? So I can honestly say um, it's it's my team. Uh, for several years, we're trying different employees that weren't exactly a, a perfect fit. And now I've got this really wonderful team uh, where I, I call it a thank God it's Monday company. People love to come to work. They love to be around their work family. Mm -hmm. And um, I think they all have the same work ethic and heart that I do, which is about um, customer service. You know, what is the experience of the client when they come in? So you're a client, mm -hmm. and you've had a chance to get to meet a number of the members of my team. I think I work here sometimes. <laughs> right? <laughs> right? So I mean, you're here, yeah, you, but you're here, and everybody here is is all about serving you and making you feel special. Mm -hmm. um, we just added hair and makeup. I'm sorry you had to do your own. Uh, I know. But, where was but, the yeah, where was, the, where was our hair and makeup person? <laughs> uh, but, yeah, that's another amenity that we added just to increase the, the VIP uh, 
<laughs> the VIP experience yeah. at uh, at Real News PR. So I think that's another reason why you and I get along so well because you're all about service. Absolutely, I am. And I will tell you that I don't think I've ever gone to an office where every time, every time that I've been here, there's nuts or some kind of snacks there's yep. bottles of wine all in the you know dressing room and i'm like is this for now or later <laughs> right well thank you i i call it the four seasons treatment it um, is. when you know my wife and i when, when we when we travel we like to stay at the ritz or the four seasons and it's not necessarily because the beds are all that more comfortable than the la quinta it's because of how they make you feel when you walk in their lobby you know, you see the huge flower arrangement, and yes. and it's sir, yes. and it's ma'am, and it's it's attention to detail. And so, um, I've told the team, I said, let's give everybody the four seasons treatment, make them feel special. Well, I definitely feel special. That's Thank probably you. why I, even before I had the podcast, I don't know if you remember this, I was like up here all the time. I remember that. Now, what, <laughs> and were, was like, were you up here? Um, Visiting different shows, or I'm trying to remember why you were here. Um, it's well, it started with Suzanne McCafferty. Yes, okay, that's right. That's right. She came to our Rotary, and somehow her and I just got really connected. Cool. And then um, she wanted to, so I do a lot of lunch and learns for my team. Perfect. And you, were, uh, she would send me speakers that she thought would be helpful, and that's how I met Jerry Aka. Awesome. Absolutely adore. And um, then it just started. She just kept introducing me to your people and getting cool. more lunch and learns and. I just found myself up here all the time, and I'm like, hey, I'm back. That's Where's my desk? <laughs> you know? I love how life works. Yeah, yeah, it's been really good. And I love, I was going to actually bring this up, that you uh, use that phrase, th- phrase, thank God it's Monday. Thank you. And, you know, like we just talked about, I've been here so many times, that, and but everybody shows up the same all the time. Thank you. Thank and you. it's just amazing. And Trey, I want to give a shout-out to him real quick. He does an amazing job producing yes, our podcast. Yes, and he, he has does. been very faithful and very loyal to making sure that the product was what we expected and well, so we really appreciate that love trade and i'm Thank just going to throw this out there guys i know that i'm not trying to sell you anything but podcast is the way to go and if you need a podcast and you're wanting to do a professional podcast podcast try to talk right first <laughs> um and i really did not open the wine <laughs> she's had three bottles <laughs> but I would encourage you just to come take a tour of Jeff's office because it's really amazing. And even if you don't want to do a podcast, um, we did an open mic uh, podcast night yep. a few months ago. You should do another one of those. We do need another yeah. one. You're right. Come see what it's about. I mean, from that time, um, they have probably one of the world's youngest podcasters in their studio. Eight-year-old. Eight Eight-year-old. Loris the Crockett. The, yeah, his uh, it's a cute show. It's called uh, Celebrity Interviews with Milk and Cookies, starring Loris and Lee Crockett the Fourth. And I'm telling you, he gets these celebrities on, and then he says, "I saw the one with Jane McGarry, yes, yes, and yes. he goes, Jane, I have a challenge for you." And she goes, what? He goes, I want you to look in that camera right there and challenge another celebrity to come on my show. Isn't that awesome? And she challenged <laughs> Emmett Smith. Yes. So. Yes. We're still waiting on you, Emmett. If you're watching, we need you on the show. Come on, Emmett. <laughs> <laughs> so, all right. So what do you look for in a new team member? I think, um, to be honest, we kind of hire candidates based on personality type. Their, um, their ability to do the job mm-hmm. is actually second. I've, I value attitude way up here, and competency is down here. Um, if you have a great attitude, that means you're willing to learn, you're, yep. you're going to be self-taught, you're curious, you're going to find out from others who are better than you, you know, how did you do that? And uh, I remember one of our employees, uh, 
I gave him a challenge. Uh, I said, uh, uh, he was a videographer for us. And I said, um, Devin, you're extremely talented. You have a good eye for composition. Mm -hmm. I said, I challenge you to go out and watch movies. See, and watch movies for the edits. Watch movies for the angles. And make yourself a better filmmaker. Because every one of the videos you're shooting is like a mini movie. Mm -hmm. And he went from, uh, I think, uh, you know, a competent photographer, photographer to a almost National Geographic type Wow. videographer, cinematographer, and that was all his taking that challenge I gave him and saying, yeah, why not? How, how good can I get this? And uh, and he unfortunately left the company. We miss him. You, you, you um, got him good and he left. I got left. him good and he left, <laughs> uh, and that happens sometimes. But uh, I, I, I tell that story because I think if, if you have the right employee with the right attitude who wants to learn and wants to grow, then they don't see challenges or you know, uh, new job opportunities with, within the company is a scary thing. Right. They see it as a place where you can grow and challenge yourself to get better. You know, that's so interesting that you say that because so many of the employers that I work with, they're so hung up on that skill set, like to the T. You've got to have this, this, and this, this purple unicorn, right? Right. But when I'm hiring, and I'm so fortunate that VIP lets me hire very differently from most recruiting agencies for my team. Cool. Because... I, I do something very similar to you. I don't look for skill sets. In fact, I don't want you to have ever recruited before because cool. I don't want to have to undo your bad habits. Right. And But what I do look for is passion. Mm. When you tell me a story, do your eyes light up? Right. Because you've got to sell that to the candidate. Yes. And to the client. Wow. Sell the candidate to the client. So I absolutely look for somebody with passion that gets excited about everything. That's. I can see why you're so good at what you do. <laughs> Thank you. Yeah. Um, so let's talk about your book for a second. Thank you. Free publicity. I, I just happen to have one right here. <laughs> just happen to have one. It's funny how that works out. Um, so this is kind of a tell-all about the secrets of getting covered in the news. And yes. you have been so good to me to put Thank me you. out to the media so many times. And I've had so many interviews. And I feel like... Every time you did that, I got a little bit better, and mm. thank you for coaching me along the way, because I'm like, I don't need coach. I'm like, yes, I do. You know? <laughs> She's great. And what, what's your record for most interviews in a single day? Um, I think, was it, uh, it was like 12 or 13. That's crazy. It, right? But it was all like in four hours. Yeah, yeah. I was like, I got done, and I was like, oh, man, I'm exhausted. <laughs> but you're really good at it, and I think well, what, you, what, you're, what you're, um, your talent is that you know your stuff. I mean, nobody knows recruiting better than you do. Mm -hmm. um, you, you, all you had to learn was don't think too much. Right, right. Because right? you have no idea what they're going to ask you. Um, it, and, and I think, honestly, you having been a host makes you a better guest. Would you agree? I think so, too. But I will say it's so much easier to be a guest. <laughs> <laughs> I, uh, I, really I, think, I think you're talented in both, well, in both respects. So let's talk about this. You say you mentioned in the book public relations people and journalists often see things from very different points of view. Yes. And you've also said everyone has a story to tell, but not everyone wants to hear it. Correct, correct. So, thank talk you. To me a little bit about that. So, um, historically, what's been wrong with my industry is. Um, a client comes up with a bad idea and tells their PR firm, let's write a press release. At that point, the PR firm is being paid to get them on the news. The PR firm should tell the client, that's a bad idea. The media won't care about that story that you just came up with. Let's look for a more newsworthy angle. 
But instead, what happens every day in America is client comes up with a bad idea, a PR firm says, great idea, we'll write a press release. So they write this kind of meaningless press release, they blast it out to 10,000 news organizations and nobody picks it up, and then the client's frustrated, where's all my news coverage? And they always have an excuse. They always say, well, that was the day that Trump tweeted X, Y, and Z, which is every day. Gotcha. So there's always another news story. And, and in my view, uh, when I started the firm was, okay, if I had an all-journalist PR firm where we really practiced news first, our job is first to give the media real news. That's why we called the company Real News PR. I did not yeah, know that. Yeah, That's yeah. awesome. Yeah, not so, fake news. Not fake news. Uh, <laughs> thank you, Donald Trump, for coming up with fake news. So... Um, Real news is a message to the journalists. If we're picking up the phone and we're calling you, it's because it's real news. Now, in order to keep that promise to the journalist, I also have to keep a promise to the client, which is we won't take you on unless we can clearly uh, see success, which means I have to have vetted them and make sure they'd be, a, number one, a cool client to work with. Uh, number two, can we have success? Are they talking about something that the media cares about? Mm -hmm. And when we do our homework on the front side and bring in the right clients, um, that's how we get us. Thank God, it's Monday company because we're not we're not bringing in toxic employees. Right. We're not bringing in toxic clients, and that allows this company conti to continue to grow. And I consider my primary job is the gatekeeper. You know, I view okay. my office as the Garden of Eden. I get to <laughs> I get to I get to welcome people into this paradise, right? Um, both on the client side and the employee side. And if I'm a good gatekeeper and I get to welcome in people to this beautiful, you know, garden, I need to make sure that I'm only letting in the right people. I. And you still let me come in. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> no, your, your, your energy is off the charts. You have a wonderful energy about you. Well, I, thank I love you. being thank around you. you. Um, so I was going to ask you a question, and it just I just got totally sidetracked. Okay. Okay. Um, but so when you were doing um, promoting your book, yes. how did you do that? So I went around, and I, I honestly, I gave 300 speeches a year for six straight years in addition to my TV job. So I was working the 2 to 11 shift at Fox 4 and moonlighting as a speaker and author and uh, running around giving a breakfast speech, lunch speech, go to work at Channel 4. Wow. Breakfast speech, lunch speech, go to work at Channel 4. So you talk about overcoming your fear of speaking. When you're doing two comedy clubs a night, like I was, uh, you got good. You got to try it out. You know, I had I had people fainting during a sp in the middle of a speech. Why? Not because well I was that good, but <laughs> the, the room was too hot and a person fainted, and, and they had to call in an ambulance. Oh I mean, gosh. that was that was awkward as the speaker because you, you know, in the middle of my speech, somebody faints. The they, the ambulance had to be called, and then you're the person trying to keep this all together. Uh, and so we, you know, we picked it up after the, after the ambulance left. And you were able and, to. And I was able to. But then wow. as a speaker, you're having to think, okay, what do I say? I mean, I, I think I had a moment of silence and, and, and prayed for the person that they were going to be okay. And then we continued on with the speech. But I'm sharing that story with you because if you're doing 300 a year for six straight years, after a while you run into everything from people fainting to, you know, what, what do you do when there's a heckler? Because every once in a while somebody will, you know, challenge you on mm -hmm. something that you said, uh, and you have to have a lot of those experiences to say to yourself, "I can do this. I've got this." You, you know, that's so interesting, that, and I and I take it back to recruiting because, you know, as I'm training new people, they're like, "How did you know to ask that question? How did you?" And I'm like, "Man, when you've been doing this as long as I have, you've seen most of the tricks, but I still get surprised." 
by some things. Oh yeah, I still get surprised. So I just, I'm just like, you'll just learn. You'll just, it'll be in your little tool bag. You know, you'll know yeah. to ask. So you just, but you have to put in the time. You have to put in the six years of 300 speeches. You know, every year for six years. Yes. That's how you get better. You can't jump from not knowing anything to being a professional in two hours. Right, and that's how the. The business was born because I'm signing people's books mm -hmm. and they're complaining about their PR firm. And they're saying, Jeff Crilly, if you ever start a PR firm, I want to be your very first client. Wow. And I kept hearing that over and over and over again. And finally, I was 45 years old and I said to my wife, I'm not getting any younger. I think there's a second act in me. Um, and I got her permission to quit. And I walked away from Fox 4, a nice lucrative job at Fox 4, to start this company in my home in 2008. And one month, literally one month after I started the company, we went into the Great Recession, which could have been devastating for an entrepreneur. But there were 70,000 copies of this book out there declaring me an expert. I was the guy who literally wrote the book on publicity. So never had a bad year. I mean, first year, 10 clients. No overhead, no employees, no health benefits, just just me taking care of 10, 10 clients. Second year, 20 clients. Well, now that's uh, overwhelming. So I had to hire my first employee, Chris Ganberry, who's still with us today, which really blesses my heart that he was the first to believe, and he's still with us today. And He's, he's a, so sweet. Yeah, he's a real leader yeah. in, in the company. And, and now I wake up and... Uh, you know, 20 employees and just love my company and love how tireless people work to, to make all of this look good. And what I love now, honestly, is I'll, I'll be giving the tour. Most days when people see me, I'm giving a tour, mm -hmm. talking to new clients. And I'll give a tour and I'll turn to an employee and say, hey, what are you working on? And they'll show me a project and I was like, wow. We did that? When, when did we do that? I remember uh, Cash Payne, one of our clients, had hired us to go around the country, fly to different cities around the country and do feature stories. And so Cash Payne, one of our videographers, is uh, working one day. I'm giving the tour, and I said, Cash, what are you working on? He says, oh, I'm just finishing up this, this uh, video from Atlanta. I was like, you were in Atlanta? He says, oh, yeah. Three days last week. I was like, you were? Well, show me what you did. And, and I love that because now the company's grown to the size where the boss man doesn't know exactly what everything is, what's happening. But things are happening to, to uh, grow the company. And, and that's all um, entrepreneurship within the company where we've given employees the freedom uh, to be creative, try, innovate, try some things. That is so cool. I may work here yet. Yes. Just be careful. Hey, I'm a <laughs> Don't you need a recruiter? Right? Oh, we do need a recruiter. That's right. That's or at least somebody to stand there when you're doing your tours going, this is awesome. It's the <laughs> best experience ever. I've done that a couple of times. So, Okay. Um, so a big part of what you do um, is here is you help people tell their story. And this is a theme that I've been hearing a lot about lately. I know you're probably familiar with Story Brand, which yep. is Donald Miller. Yep. Um, I actually have a Story Brand expert certified coming on the show um, early next year. So awesome. I know. I love it. Congratulations. She about the, yeah, she blows my mind. But what advice do you give the companies that want to compel people to want to work there? Because, you know, unemployment's at an all-time low. Right. So these companies are having to fight to get people to come to them. How do they tell their story? What's the best way for them to get the word out? 
I think uh, there's so many ways to get the word out. I mean, everything from getting on the news to having a better website that tells a story, shooting videos on your website that come tells, on my podcast tells a better story. Come on your podcast. Um, but every single company out there has got to be not just beating their own drum, but having an orchestra now, mm -hmm. because there's so much noise. In order to shatter the noise, you just have to try a lot of different things to tell your story. And I would just say, it, typically, it begins with the website. When we're visiting with a client for the first time, we'll pull up their website mm -hmm. and we'll say, does your website really communicate what you do? And you've seen this before. Sometimes um, the wording is wrong or the images are wrong and, and people don't have a lot of patience these days. Yeah. And so they'll pop onto a website and they'll say, mm, looks science-y, right. too many big words, don't really understand what they do, and then they jump off again. Well, you can't sell anything to anybody in 15 seconds. If they're only on your website for 15 seconds, they're not going to buy. So one of the things we'll do to help them tell their, their story is uh, we, we tell clients that we're in a YouTube world. Instead of reading the book, you're going to watch the movie. So what if we had my team create a little video that sits right on the homepage? So as soon as you come to the homepage, it says, you know, watch our story or, uh, you know, um, who 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 is who we are, and you click on that, and now in a minute and a half, you can take them from I have no idea what this company does to Gosh, I need this company. And this was fun and it was exciting. Yes, yes, and I think it's important too that like I, I'm sure, and I love your analogy about the orchestra. That was pretty brilliant. Thank you. Um, but I know like the people that work here, they are your mouthpiece out side of here, right? And so yes. they're telling people how wonderful it is to work and come see, come visit, come come be a part of what we do. Yes. So I think it's so important that companies encourage their employees or first of all they set that culture so people do want to work there. Yep. But then reward your employees somehow for, you know, talking about you and sharing the greatness that is you. Absolutely. You want your employees to be ambassadors and, yes. and go out into the community and tell people what they do. I remember the first time one of our employees, we, we had just moved to our new offices, and they're really nice, and and uh, Sarah Strackhouse. Oh, uh, I love Sarah. Isn't she awesome? So Sarah Strackhouse was giving a tour to her mom and dad, and she was walking through, and she was just so proud that you know, she worked there, and she's showing off these different things. And I thought to myself, wow, that's amazing because Sarah Strackhouse worked in news. She worked in some cool offices with yeah. some cool toys, you know. And for her, her to have that same sense of pride in the place where she, you know, now calls home um, was a blessing to my heart. Oh, you do such a great job here. So, okay. So now for the fun questions. Okay. Are you ready? If I could be a tree. No. <laughs> we scratched that one <laughs> okay, okay, earlier, remember? The mighty oak. I yeah, had, I the mighty oak. One. I had a good one. <laughs> so if you were chosen to be one of the first colonists on Mars, what three things or people would you take with you? Uh, three people. I think mom, dad, and wife. What about the kids? I think the kids, they're busy, they're busy uh, taking care of the earth. Aww. Yeah, we're 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 starting a colony uh, on Mars, and I'm gonna need I'm gonna need my my, my peeps. Your support. Group. My support group. My mom and dad are just the most loving people ever. Uh, together, 60 years uh, in marriage, just amazing. You never you never hear about that anymore. And uh, my wife is my soulmate. Aww, yeah. that's so yeah. awesome. Thank so, you. okay, before I cry, because that was so sweet. Thank you. <laughs> Um, what is one thing you do to start your day that sets you up for success? So people won't believe this, but I wake up every single morning at 4. 
and I've done this now for 10 years. I put out a daily email to 28,000 journalists across the country, um, and I do it um, 365 days. I have not missed a single day in 10 years, not Christmas Day, not New Year's Day. And this is a significant newsletter. I've yeah, seen thank it. You, thank you. It's so it, it takes a lot of time. But that's like a non-negotiable. So like when I'm traveling or we go to the West Coast or something like that, I'm having to get up just a little bit earlier to put out that, that daily email. But uh, I call it the power of habit. Yeah. If you are committed to something where it's non-negotiable, that could be working out, that could be meditation, that could be reading you know, the Bible, whatever it is that is your habit, if you do it consistently, it becomes part of your character. And that's, that's one of the reasons the company is so successful is because I get up every morning at 4. Well, I have seen those, and you put a lot of work into Thank them. You. So I don't, Thank you. I don't know how you do that every single day. <laughs> it's a lot. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, final question: yes. If your life's work was being summarized in a news article, what would your headline be? Okay, so now I, I got to confess to the audience that I cheated a little bit because you you gave me a chance to look at that question, so I had just a little bit of time <laughs> to think about this. So, my headline would be. I'm glad I had the dance. And you may remember this song by Garth Brooks. We're going to have, have Trey play it right now. Oh. I left to dance. I could have missed the pain. But I'd have left to miss the dance. That was a beautiful Isn't song. Isn't that beautiful? That was, and that's, I just got chills, and that was really, you now, did, now you I'm going to have to up it next time, because you just brought in a video. I brought in A-B, right? <laughs> that's awesome. Uh, thank you. Thank you for asking that question. But yeah, I, I, I truly believe that um, having um, having the dance, having you know lived your life to the fullest, and, um, and if people are sitting there waiting for you know the, the next act, do it. You know, jump off the cliff, build your wings as you fall. I love that. I don't know if you knew this or not, but you, you, you do know this is my second career. What is your first career? I was an accountant for 20 wow. years. Could you How imagine? did you do it? Because you're so outgoing. I, I was miserable. Like a numbers person. Yeah, yeah. I'm so glad that you danced. I, yeah, I like that. So, all right. Well, I just have one last thing to say to you, Jeff, besides thank you for being here. What's that? You are a VIP. Oh, my goodness. I love it. I love it. Thank you. Let's toast to that. Ooh. All right. VIP. <laughs> and that's a wrap for today. Join us next week here on the We Are VIP podcast. We'd love to know how we can help you be a VIP. To find out more, log on to wearevip.com.